I think if I would have started, you know, like from the beginning or many years ago when I had my chances and I just let them go, I think I would have, have done more art than I'm doing these days. For many of us, as a kid, thumbing through a comic book could transport us to other worlds. Flying through the universe at the speed of light. Watching immortal enemies battling to the death. And some of us never grew out of it. Welcome to the Under the Mask podcast, where we discuss the super process behind superheroes. Not just superheroes, aliens, horror, thrillers. If you can find it on a comics page, you can find it here. Here, you'll learn how to make comics from the initial outlines, scripts, and artwork to printing and putting the final book in a bag and board. For many years, Bill Colomb has written his book, Kinetic, and sold thousands of copies across the nation. And now we're inviting you along for an inside look to the comics process. If you're a fan of comic books, a total process junkie, or just looking for more insight into launching your own book, you're in the right place. This is the Under the Mask Podcast, and this is Bill Colomb. Under the Mask Podcast, episode 22. This is week three of my special interviews I'm doing with my fellow Kinetic creators. As always, let's get to it. Before I jump into the interview today, here's a quick update on the Kickstarter for Kinetic Identities number one. So we hit our goal. We actually hit our goal in just under a week, and now we're reaching for stretch goals. Right now, we're sitting at about $2,200 out of our $2,000 goal. I want to give a big shout out to my fellow podcasters and live streamers, guys like SNC Podcast, Constructing Comics, Story Comic, and Travis Gibb. They were nice enough to invite me on and let me come and talk about my book in process on their shows. If you ever want a nice break from the Under the Mask podcast, be sure to check out their shows. Thanks again to everybody who's backed the Kickstarter, everybody who's listening, who's gone over there, and everybody who's come from that Kickstarter to come over here to listen to this podcast. We've seen a little bump in listeners since we started doing this cross-promotion. Thanks again. All right, enough about me. Let's get to today's guest. My guest today, like my last few guests, is a professional comic book artist. You may have seen his work in The Power Company by Coalition Comics or John Kirby, Firefox. Lately, he's been working as the interior artist on Kinetic Identities number one. As you probably know, that book is live on Kickstarter now through September 12th. You can check it out at www.kineticcomic.com. I'd like to introduce Luis Rivera. Uh, Luis, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. Oh, thanks to you for inviting me. So the first thing I do with all the Under the Mask podcast guests, um, I want you to tell us a little bit about your story. Who are you and how did you get to be here today? Well, um, I'm a... Well, I'm a, this guy that uh, from Tijuana. That's where I was born, Tijuana. And I always have uh, have love for the, the comic books. And I always been trying, you know, to break into the business, like uh, keep, you know, like drawing as much as I can. 
Oh, everything relates to comic books. Over the years, I have the uh, honor of uh, work on so many independent pro- properties that have brought me to this point in my life where now I have the honor of uh, doing kinetic for you. So that's very exciting. And, uh, and I'm uh, so lucky to have you on board uh, just drawing kinetic. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen the line art for It's Beautiful, uh, you can check out a free preview at uh, www.kineticcomic.com. That'll take you right to the Kickstarter that's going on now. Uh, Lewis, how long have you been drawing? Uh, well, you know, like every other artist or, or kind of artist from the beginning, you know, uh, I will have to say that um, just really like putting my mind into, um, you know, trying to, to draw for, for someone like or to, you know, make the comics. I will say like maybe 20 years. That's when uh, you 20 or 25 years when, you know, I I decide I really have to, you know, do something about it. You know, like uh, I realized that drawing comics, making pages and, you know, having fun with the stories was that what I liked the most. So that time I just, you know, dedicate myself to not professionally or, you know, not like going to a school or something like that. But really, we, you know, with the intention of uh, knowing that I wanted that to be, you know, my career, my, my, my work, you know, my, my life. So I was like uh, lucky enough to over the years meet, you know, really professional artists, you know, friends from Marvel, DC that, you know, they always there for you to help you with, you know, advices and, and uh, telling you what's about the industry and stuff like that, that um, they keep you on track of, uh, of if you really want to do this or not, because they always tell you the inside about the industry, you know, the good and bad. So, so when you realize that, you know what, what you're getting into and you and then when you really uh, think about if it's really what you want to do with your life, you know, because I mean, it's not really, all is not really that, that nice. Like sometimes we think it is, you know, or so wonderful, like we might think it will be. There's rewards, you know, there's satisfaction, there's, you know, um, the feeling of accomplished stuff, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been wild, it's been, it's been fun. And I mean, we're still doing that. So for all that many years, I think, I mean, still my, my passion and it's still what I want to, I mean, and I know I'm not re- really there, even that I been drawing a lot, you know, for all these years, but mm-hmm. I just realized that um, I might not never have the, the uh, time to really get where I want to, but, at least I'm always, you know, at least I'm, I'm doing it, you know. Uh, that kind of leads a little bit into my next question. Uh, when did you decide that you were going to take the leap from amateur to professional? Oh, well, I think that's a hard one because uh, you really don't know. I mean, it's not like, well, you do decide to that you really want that to, to try at least, you know. Say, oh, I'm going to try to be more professional or I'm going to be a professional. But it's not really until I think you get hired and you get paid for it that you become a professional. Because if you're not really making nothing out of it, you're not really a professional until you get, I mean, into that uh, level because um, you can have the ethic, you can be as professional as you want. But if the whole point of this is to to get printed, to, to well, eventually you'll get some money. That's also true. but. But the first thing I think we all have, it's like uh, to get those, to see those comic books finished and printed and in your hands. I think that's the, the main goal. And that's when you become a professional. When somebody really uh, likes what you do and, and they hire you, you know, and they give you the responsibility to um, to do the work and, and to deliver. And so 
for me, when I decide to do that is when I, I was sure that I really wanted to, to commit to all this time, all these hours that you put into, into each page. That's, I think that's when you decide that you want to be a professional, but it was not until, like I said, I got published that I started feeling like a professional. Uh, this will seem like a silly question uh, for my listeners listening to this after the fact. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, I can see I'm interviewing Lewis on video, so I can see him. And right now he's working on uh, Kinetic Number 10, a uh, issue of that. Uh, he's inking it right now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I have this guy that he wants me to deliver the art, so I have to no choice to work. <laughs> well, that's why I say this will sound like a silly question. Do you draw with a pen and paper? Or is it all digital now? No, you know, I mean, for my generation, uh, we didn't have uh, the beginning. So we got used to, or I got used to, to drawing, you know, in paper and to use the, uh, the angel tools, you know, like, like the brush and the crook analog, still old school. However, I'm, I'm thinking on really um, just learning the, the process of uh, drawing and inking you know, digital just to just to know, just to know, see if uh, is it's something that I want to try for a little bit. Or I know that I will definitely speed more my process, but I also know that it's something that I don't want to take for, for new. I mean, like to uh, live uh, the old way, you know, because I like, I like when I see the uh, originals, when I see all those mistakes, you know, when I can feel the ink uh, over the, um, the paper. I mean, I'm just so, I'm old. I mean, I'm just, I don't think I will ever really accept the new change. I mean, I like what the, the new generations do, but for me, I think it was not my time. And, and even that I can, I mean, like I said, I might, I'm on that process of getting all that stuff, uh, learning and buying the stuff, but I think I'm, I'm going to do it only for the, for curiosity, you know? I feel the same way. I have a lot of uh, writing apps and tools on my computer, but to me, nothing beats just getting a pen out and just writing on a notepad and going. But, but I mean, like I said, I mean, I got friends that they do digital, you know, they, they're younger or they're probably the same age, but they decide, you know, to, to convert, to do the switch. And I can tell there's a lot of advantage from the digital. Like for example, um, right now, if I'm inking this page, which if I would have done it all digital, it would have, have been done from the beginning. You know, I would just go directly to his inks instead of the pencils, just a quick layout and then all finish it in ink. And that will, will have saved me at least five to six hours of work. So let's say that I hand you a new script mm -hmm. and you read it over. Uh, what is your process to turn that script into the final sequential art? Mm. Well, first of all, every time I get a, a script, a new script, of course I have to read it. And then when I read it the first time, I'm like, um, what do I get myself into it? It's like, it seems so hard at the beginning. It's like, oh no, I have to do this scene. I have to start thinking on this. I have to uh, get uh, a reference for this or that. So I always uh, read, they'll do a quick uh, reading of it just to get a feel for it. And then I go out uh, like five pages each time or 10 pages each time. But definitely I have to, first thing is to look for reference. Most of the time, the uh, the writer, well, now these days, most writers, they give you a lot of reference. So that's good. I mean, they, they help in the process. But if not, I mean, you now these days also with the technology, you can call them, you can chat with them. And, and that makes it easy because you get a more 
close insight about what they really want to or what they how they look want from things to look like. So that makes it easier, like I said, in getting the right uh, reference or the most accurate ones. And then after that, I start laying out the pages, which means for me, that's the process that takes the most time doing the layouts because that's where you do most of the thinking because you have to design the pages. You know, you have to make sure each panel has is important that that requires the the story. You have to think which panel to uh, make it visually um, more um, more interesting. Which ones need to be more smaller, or which one require a lot of uh, room for the dialogue. That's the that's the good thing about um, some scripts that they come they are full script, and I think that's in my case it helped me a better way to understand the, the uh, composition of the page because I can think of a lot of room that uh, will be uh, used for that purpose. Because uh, sometimes you know you want to you want to draw like these nice uh, setups and like these detail detail setups, but if it's all gonna be covered in letters, it's, there's no point in really drawing all that stuff. But uh, thanks to that full screen also, I mean, did you get like a sensation of, uh, or or you can understand what the customer, I mean, the customer, sorry, the uh, character is really thinking or feeling. And that, that way you can draw that emotion into the uh, the faces or the body language. And, and, and sometimes with the, with the plot, you really don't know unless you ask the, the writer or, or the person who's hiring you to draw the, the comic. Uh, sometimes, you know, you'll draw the character like maybe happy when it should be sad, you know, or or it should, his uh, expression should reflect something else. So in this way, I mean, with, with your with your scripts, um, they're full full script. And, and that's that's like I said, makes things easier. So after my layouts are complete, I will. Um, well, first of all, this is uh, layouts. I draw them like in scale to a. Uh, the proportion to the to the to the comic book, mm-hmm. so they're like smaller, and and then when I'm ready to go and do pencils, I'll blow them to the size of the real comic book uh, board artboard, which is 11 by 17 inches. Then I'll trace them with the light box, and then I'll do all the details in the pencil. But before all this is complete, I will definitely show this to um to my uh to my boss. So I mean to whoever to uh, hire me to do this. So if they approve or they want to change something, because that way it's easier before I, I get into the, the final the art, which will be the ink page. And sometimes, you know, there's there's change, you know, sometimes small change, sometimes there are bigger change because sometimes I will not visualize and get to the point where the writer wants to. So there's always that communication between uh, the writer or maybe, well, in this case, the editor or, or, you know, whoever owns the property that that's hiring me. Well, in this case, we're talking about kinetic. So in this case is you, if you tell me, okay, go ahead, uh, like it or change this. Yeah. But whoever you're reporting to. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever I'm reporting. So, well, after that, like I said, it's lay and it's pencils and then, is the ink and of course after that is the scanning and then sending the pages and that's it i mean that's and that's like we're talking about normally like 22 to 24 pages these days a lot of independents they want their comics to be 24 pages um normally it used to be 22 
some companies, big, well, the big companies, and I think now some are doing like 20 pages, but some independents are now doing like uh, 24. So I have some script of 30 or 28 pages. Depends. I mean, they they really not worry about the quantity of the, I mean, quantity of pages. They worry more about like if it's enough to tell the story, and which is cool, you know. I mean, if they, if they have uh, the uh, the room for it, I mean, why not? I mean, and uh, that's it. I mean, that's that's my process. Between each stage of the process, it's it's like I said, there's like a lot of thought, a lot of thinking. There's a lot of uh, um, checking that I draw the same clothing, you know, I put the same um, environment that I don't forget something that is important to it. And and I I don't feel satisfied until, you know, I see it in, in print. And also sometimes even that you try to make everything work out or you're trying to keep an eye on everything, of course, there's going to be things that um, you're not going to be able to see. And, you know, mistakes are going to still get printed. And I think that, well, that's part of, uh, of the process too, to uh, let go of some stuff like that, that or being aware that uh, you're not perfect and uh, mistakes still can be happening, you know? Uh, I wanted to follow up real quick about uh, just changes in the script, uh, because for me, you as my artist, you're not, uh, you're not just my artist. You're not just someone who does art for me. I think you're a collaborator with me. Um, so a, a lot of times, and I write right in the script, I say, Hey Lewis, if there's something that pops up that you think is wrong, or if we need to, like, if there's one panel and you want to make it two panels, you have the, I have the respect for you that you can do that. But how often does that come up just generally where you say, Oh, well, I, I want to change. It was written like this, but I want to change it slightly. Uh, you know, that happens all the time, at least with me, I'm used to try to get the most or what I feel is the most close to the, um, what the writers asking me or, or the, what they want or what I think they're trying to say in the story. So like you said, if I have the, the, or if I feel it needs like more panels or to take away a panel, I will definitely do it, but I'll also meet like, the, like I said, the layout to, to you or to whoever I'm reporting. And if they approve it, then I go with it. Or if they tell me, you know what, I don't like the change. Well, I will still respect that. But I always try to, to look for things like that. I mean, like after, you know, seeing a lot of visual, the information out there, comics, movies, shows, all that stuff, you get a certain feeling for, for, um, for the storytelling that, that, you know, that I'm not saying that the right is wrong. Uh, or, but I'm I'm my thinking on a way that might work better for in for the whole story, and and I've been you know lucky enough that uh, most of the changes I have done over the years with with scripts. I mean, they get approved because like you said, like you say, it's a collaboration process. And the bottom line is that I'm looking always for the best for for the script for the story. So. I guess that's why most of the time gets approved because I'm not like trying to show off or to, you know, try to say, Hey, this is how I do things. This is what I think is best. No, this is, well, I do think it might be better, but it might be the best, you know, cause there's always a, a lot of ways to tell a story, but it's what at the moment I feel might work better for every, everyone. I mean, like story wise or graphic or visually, and, and like I said, I've been lucky that uh, most of my uh, people I collaborate with, they're always, you know, we're always in the same boat. Are there any major differences between drawing sequential art versus, say, doing a cover or a commission? Oh, definitely. I mean, I do prefer to, to draw pages and to draw covers and pinups or, or commissions. 
I mean, I do enjoy the commissions a lot because there's a lot of freedom into that, you know, and it's only a one piece that you have to worry. So the turnaround is faster than the, uh, making a whole comic. But I think I'm so used to, to draw the you know, because the, the cover, for example, for me, it's very complicated in the way because, you know, it's, it's one of the most important things in the comic book. If you don't get, have a great cover, a catchy cover, it's like not maybe will make the comic not that interesting at the beginning because like like you know there's a lot of comics out there that they come out that you know at the same week and then they're competing to you know for for you to buy them so if you don't make a nice cover a nice composition of it something that will attract the eye of the buyers like you're not doing your job you know and and that's really people might think it's so easy but i think that's the most hard part to do to do on the comic, the cover, and of course the pinups. I mean, at least if you really are trying to achieve something like that, because if you don't care, I mean, whatever, you just throw whatever comes first out of your mind, but but it's really a lot of thinking on, on that. So, and on the um, pages, is I think it's more easy for me because you got more panels and you can you can achieve your goal with with the uh, storytelling, you know, you got more room to, to express or to achieve the, the goal. And when the cover is only one image. Yeah, no, and it must be, it must be a lot more satisfying that you, you know, when you tell the whole story in images versus just doing, you know, one, one pin up, one commission that you say, okay, here's the commission. Yeah, but, but like I said, it's only that like, um, depends. I mean, like, like I said, if you're doing like, like a cover as a, as a commission, I mean, like, you know, it's not going to get printed. It's just going to be on this, uh, personal, um, collection. I mean, I mean, like I say, it's fun, but you don't have the pressure of, of uh, making the, you know, a perfect or trying to make a perfect cover. Like, for example, your covers um, that, you know, J- Jason makes, I mean, they're, most of them are really beautiful. And, you know, and, and I think they, uh, the goal that they achieve the goal and, you know, and, and some of them you think, oh, it looks so easy. But when you're getting into working on a cover and thinking and trying to capture the right image, I mean, that's when you realize so hard, I mean, like, I mean, some some people are just you know they have it. They they got that ability to uh, make great covers. Some other make great pinups, great paintings, and and sometimes some uh, cover artists they're not as good as storytellers, you know. So I th- I think I'm about fifty fifty uh, just mm-hmm. with uh, covers that I've done with Jason versus covers that I've known exactly what I wanted and I explained it in vivid detail that I said, hey, this is what I want. And then mm-hmm. some other covers where I didn't know what I wanted, and I just said, "Hey, just just do something." Yeah, yeah. I mean, and but like like you said earlier, I mean, it's a it's a process. It's a it's a collaboration, and and when when the creator has this uh, vision of it, and and it give you all this information, I think that makes also things easier because you know you got more information, you know, and and maybe it doesn't have to be that really um, perfect, but. As long as, you know, covers all that uh, information that needs, I think that's, that's when, you know, both parts are happy with it. And, and sometimes, like, uh, those covers can turn out to be, you know, great covers because, you know, of the information they show up. I mean, for example, um, the old covers from Marvel and DC, you know, where they tell you a story. I mean, they're, they're very uh, lovely and, 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 you know, and timeless uh, covers, you know. Uh, sometimes, well, at least for me, I, I miss those those covers that they used to be like, you know, very uh, detailed with a lot of information. Uh, so let me ask you, 
for all the up and coming writers uh, that maybe you j- they just finished a script or they're wor- they're still working on the script. The script isn't done, but they're kind of on the hunt for an artist. They're looking for an artist now. What is the best thing that they can do to help the artist on your end do their job? Oh well, this is my this is my personal the um, way I like things. I like it when they give me uh, the uh, reference, the visual reference of the characters. You know, characters or setups. I think that's that's the best the best way uh, you can help an artist. What have been the biggest challenges or obstacles that you've had to overcome? Definitely time. I mean, like. Uh, I mean, as, as a story wise, or ca- I mean, like drawing those comics, like I said, um, for me, it, it comes very easy if I have the time, you know, if I don't have to do something, you know, that will take me away from my table, which I hate that part when, when I have to leave the table, the drawing table, I mean, um, I think that's, that's the word realizing that, uh, you want to draw that day or do you have to finish something and you don't have the time and, Story-wise, I think every story is always a challenge. Uh, like I said, the moment I read the script, I always am like, oh, like I said, why did I get myself into it? What am I, I mean, how am I going to do it? But once you sit down and you start, you know, like laying out and stuff, it just come natural. I mean, natural because you got this uh, many years of, you know, experience where, where you have uh, done so many mistakes, you have erased so many drawings that, that now you feel comfortable doing ways a certain a certain well you're doing your thing now a certain way so you're comfortable with it and and most of it is because you know that uh, whoever's hired you if they hire you it's because they like what you do or how you do it you know they're not expecting you to uh turn things uh, that they look at, at the way like other artists you know like comparing you to other artists if they somebody hire you in general it's because you know they have they know your 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 work, they see your, your art. And so that means that they really like it. Otherwise, why would they hire you to, to draw like, you know, like Jim Lee or to McFarlane or something like that, you know? So I think that the most, the first thing you have to overcome is that the insecure of, of trying to do something that um, is not you, that you are not used to, to draw a certain way or to do certain things. So once you realize your capacity and your, um, Weakness, I think everything, it's uh, it's easier that way. Knowing exactly what can you do and what you cannot do. And kind of following up with that in the same vein, what do you think has been the biggest mistake in your creative career? Um, taking my time, I think. Because at the beginning, well, first of all, I mean, at the beginning, um, or, or those years when, like I said, there was no um, ways of, like today, internet, there was no like uh, facilities of, of knowing people, knowing other creators, you know, relate to them. Um, I think that was my mistake, like um, not acting, you know, like like not really getting into meet people or or you know somehow be connected to the um, to the uh, industry or to the uh, creators that that I well I, knew, I always knew creators, but they were far away. I mean, it was not as easy as today to be in touch, but. There's always ways. I mean, if you really want to, you know, you can always find a way that to make that happen. And I think my mistake was that uh, I, I I was always feeling that uh, the moment I, I really put my mind into it, I was going to be able to do it. And maybe I got uh, so confident about that, that uh, I decided to, to let it go until, you know, 
I feel the time was right for me. But I think if I would have started, you know, like from the beginning or many years ago when I had my chances and I just let them go, I think I would have, have done more art than I'm doing these days. Even that, I, I think I have done a lot, but I think I would have done more and maybe better. And also, I think uh, the only thing uh, I think I kind of regret is not really trying to go to school to learn to draw, because I think that would have also have made everything else so easy. But mm-hmm. like I said before, or in my time, there was not really someone, I mean, at least for me, that told, to teach me or tell me what to do or where to do or where to go, things like that. Like now these days, you know, there's no excuse because we have internet, we got those videos, there's tutorials, there's artists that are there for you, you know? So I think that's that's probably kind of the, um, the worst or, or things, like I said, that I could probably regret a little bit, but it's also because those were those times. I mean, it's not an excuse. It's only that I, I do realize that the thing would have been easier if I would have been born, you know, 20 years ago instead of uh, 44 years. <laughs> On the uh, flip side of that coin, what has been the best moment in your creative career? Hmm. I don't know, man. It's uh, When I got published, the first thing I thought it was going to be like, you know, something really emotional, explosive, but it was just something like, it feels just like you achieve uh, your, that you did your, your job and the goal was done and, because I don't know, it's, it's, I don't think I'm, I'm, I mean, I always been satisfied with what I do and I always have never had spec big things out of it. You know, I just, I think the, uh, the most um, great thing is to be able to accomplish, to deliver uh, the art. I mean, the, the pages that, that known that uh, my, um, my bosses, my, uh, my uh, people hire me, um, they, they get, I mean, they trust me and, and they uh, come with me and, and they, uh, they it keeps you know they keep me busy because of course I mean I get paid and all the stuff but but it's I don't think it's really about the money I think it's more about the the, the fact that um, I'm I'm useful or they make me feel useful you know and, and wanted that uh, it just bring my uh, satisfaction and I think that's probably the best I think that's the best part you know starting out what was the best advice that you received but also what is the best advice that you would give someone who wants to do what you do? Well, you know, <laughs> over, over the years, I have had so many good advices from, from a lot of uh, professionals, a lot of uh, big amateur artists, you know, for, from, for friends, from my dad, from all that, uh, that it's hard to pick one, but I think the the best advice that um, to have no excuses no excuses to, to, uh, to, for drawing, you know, like, uh, try to make an excuse of, of, uh, of you don't deliver what you don't get to draw, you know, because there's always, you can name all kinds of excuses. You can come up with all kinds of excuses when you're not doing the, the work, you know, the job. So if it's not one that is really, is a real one that, you know, I mean, cause we all have, you know, life in, in the, in the process, you know, we have all life in the middle that, uh, you know, of course, life gets in the way. But if it's not really true or important, I mean, then let's not not give it. Let's not give it as an excuse, you know. I mean, if it's just for, for us being lazy or you don't want to draw, it's much better to, to be honest and say, you know, 
I don't want to draw today. Uh, I don't feel like drawing today because, I mean, it's valid that sometimes you don't feel like drawing. And also it's valid that, that if you don't feel to drawing, but you have to finish and you have to deliver, you have to, to get up and, and draw, you know? But uh, I think the best advice is like, uh, yeah, get to work. I mean, because those pages are not going to get wrong by itself. So, so just uh, also realize that uh, whatever you do, um, not just comic book related, but whatever profession that you decide that is for you, that you really want to, to be your, your career or, or your way of living. First of all, you have to really love it. You, you have to feel a, a passion for it. And if, if what you do don't, is you're not passionate about it, just look for something else. Because if you're not passionate about it, sooner or later you're going to let it go, you know, or you're going to be unhappy with it. That's why I, I always tell most of uh, uh, the young artists or, or my kids in general, you know, I said, find something that you really love, that you are passionate about it, that, that you feel that you have the need, that your, your, your body, your soul asking you to do it and if you don't do it you're you're not happy or you're you're that part of you is not satisfied when you find something like that hold to it and just keep doing it because the moment you keep doing it and and, and you're passionate about it that's when you realize that uh, you can spend 16 17 hours here on the table and and you don't feel tired about it you know you are doing it with joy i mean like I think that's that's the thing in general. Just find something that makes you happy and and keep doing it until you die. I mean, because it's not it's not gonna be really a, a job. It's, it's gonna be a pleasure all the time. I mean, and if it's give you money, well, that's even better because that's also the purpose <laughs> of I mean, just try to be happy doing what you like, and uh, I, that way you won't have to work a single day in your in your life. Hey, well, Lewis, thank you so much for coming on and talking with me. Uh, Lewis's latest work is going to be the interior artwork on Kinetic Identities number one. You can check that out right now at www.kineticcomic.com. Uh, Lewis, where else can we find you on the online? Okay, that's you will have to help me with this because I don't know if I'm going to pronounce that accurate, but I'm on Facebook as Luis Rivera, and this is the hard one. I'm on Instagram, which in Instagram you can see my daily. Uh, process or, or, or bits of what I'm working on, uh, when I can put stuff, because sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not authorized to, to show stuff, but I do bits or, or when I am, or when you see something that is complete because, you know, the, the creator already put them on Facebook. So that's when I, I do it too, but that's on, uh, those are my initials for my name. So it's kind of hard to, to pronounce it, but it's L-U-R-U-R-I-N-U on Instagram. If you guys want to follow me there, you can uh, click it there and uh, see what was, what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely put the link in the show to, in the show notes in the description below. Yeah. Uh, Lewis, thank you again for coming on and chatting with me, man. No, thanks to you for the crossing me, for making me be part of, of your dreams there, man. If you know a creator that makes comic books or any other media and think they'd be a good fit for the show, Drop us a line at underthemaskshow at gmail.com. You've been listening to the Under the Mask podcast with Bill Colomb. Welcome to the family.
If you're a fan of comic books, a total process junkie, or just looking for more insight into launching your own book, you've found the right podcast for you. Thanks for listening, and make sure to like or leave a review. And we'd appreciate it if you'd tell a friend or two. To reach out, visit us at underthemaskpodcast.com. This has been a presentation of Why Comics. Till next time, this is the Under the Mask Podcast, signing off. Thank <laughs> you.